1: Welcome, everybody. All right. Today, we're talking about men on the brink of divorce. And I'm telling you, there is a lot of that out there. And there always has been, at least since I've been around. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's it's getting worse and worse. And, you know, you can actually save yourself from a divorce. But it takes a lot of humbling, humbling a lot of accountability, and it does take a lot of sense of understanding what a woman wants from a man. And traditionally, what a woman really looks for and what she's gauging the marriage on is the idea of, am I cherished? Now, am I cherished is, I can't be the man I am without her. I don't even know why she's with me. I'm, I'm so lucky to have her. She's my best friend. It's that way when I'm with her. It's that way when I'm not with her. That's cherish. But the other ingredient that's so important and many people have a lot of trouble with this, is they try to be married with resentment and anger rather than will be married, which means you solve your problems together, always. There's a huge amount of security in that. A marriage is not safe on a try. It's only safe on a will. And a will takes a lot of different ingredients, but it mostly takes a sense of security within yourself trust within yourself and an integrity in the relationship so when you think you're on the brink of divorce you may still have a glimmer of hope that you can save your marriage you want to stay together and by pulling putting in the effort you can do it and you need to communicate you know we can get through this we can make this work we can change you know as soon as you feel the first flicker of unhappiness in a relationship where where you're having these passive aggressive transactions you need to start to proactively change your tune. You also, the sooner you start working on your marriage when they're unhappy, the easier it can be to pass, you know, get past your problems. And so it's a huge thing that people don't know how to stay in love. Life tends to get in the way, especially when you have children. But love is not what you work on in a marriage. It's what occurs when you trust each other emotionally, financially, Physically, if you're a person who cannot be trusted, if you're a person who has micro lies, just micro mistruths, there's a good chance that you're going to have an accountability problem with your with your marriage. And your partner is always looking for, can I trust you? Because we want to be able to live our life without the fear that our partner is going to do something contradictive to our marriage or our, our covenant before God, if that's how you get married. But you see the bottom line is is that you ha- you can work on trust. You can't work on love. So, you know, it, you when the work of getting a marriage back together has to do a lot with your actions, not just your words. You know? You got to be real when you're when you stewing in feelings for a long time, that resentment is fight or flight. That means you got to do something with it. So you're going to be snarky and sarcastic. You're going to withdraw in different places. You're going to be uh, angry at times. You're going to take it out in the bedroom where you don't have sex. I mean, there's all these battlegrounds that take place when resentment is a part of marriage. And you're not alone because there's a lot of people in this world that don't know how to be married. I mean, Here's two things you're probably going to do in your life. Get married and have children. Do they teach that to you in school? No. But are those the certain things you're going to be doing? Yes. And do you think you modeling off your parents is going to make your marriage healthy? No, because they didn't grow up in the day and age you've grown up in. But you got to be real about this. You know, people tend to un- think that everything has to do with love. Well, it does. That's in the essence. But it has to do with saying I know I broke my promise to you I need you to have faith in me that I know better and I've learned I don't expect you to trust me but I need you to have faith in me I understand that I've been nasty I've been abusive I've done a physical I've, I've whatever you've you've been accused of you have to understand that you have to take accountability not only for what you've done but you've got to take accountability for how you've been perceived and you've got to acknowledge that. I understand how you could see it that way. I can see how you could think that way. You see, that's validating. It doesn't mean you agree with them, but it means that you understand where they're coming from, and that's the crux of a lot of arguments. The other thing is the deflect, deflect, deflect thing doesn't work either. I didn't mean that. I didn't say that. That's not how I went. That, you know, trying to correct your partner. That's not going to get him back. So you need to swallow your ego and understand that we've got to be more humble as men if we want our marriage to work. And does that mean you're feminine? No, you're still a man. You're actually a better man for being humble and being accountable. Every couple situations and circumstances are completely different. You know, the reasons that people drift apart uh, is, is from a lack of communication or cheating. But there are certain exercises you can do that as an individual and a couple to make things better. And there's a lot of things in the show that will teach you how to make your marriage better and how to drive it off the brink of divorce. First of all, you know, as a a couple and an individual, write down, you know, uh, how you started as a couple. Figure that out. What was it like when we were happy? You know, what attracted you to your partner? You know, you got to ask yourself that. What, you know, where you are now and how you got here and where you want to go. Because if you don't have a vision for where you want to go, it's going to be really hard to get down that path. You know, you won't be able to have a marriage you had in the beginning. So don't do the comparatives with the honeymoon phase. What you want to do is reinvent how we get to know and love each other. You know, you've got to turn inward. You know, you you really, you need to be fulfilled individually rather than expecting your partner to fill every need you have. If you feel your partner has to fill your needs, you're going to have a big problem because they can't do that. So if you're a narcissist who needs to have the codependent to, you know, suck up to their every need, that's not going to happen. It's It's not going to be healthy. And eventually that will find its way to an end. You know, you you should be complete in yourself, so you don't burden your partner or the relationship with the responsibility of making you happy. Happy is looking around at your life and recognizing that almost all of the things you have today, you dreamed of having. That's called appreciation, and people are not grateful, and they don't appreciate what they have, including their partner, and it's important. You know, when you have a partner, Many people feel more complete. Being alone and single is not easy. It's not simple. There's a lot of crap out there. There's a lot of liars. There's a lot of deceit. Look at Facebook. Every, every other profile, if not every five out of, out of seven profiles are fake profiles of people trying to predatorially get in people's pocketbook. It's amazing how much crap is out there. But that is our main form of trying to find a partner. You know, your partner asks a question, you know, is something clean? And you say yes, and it's not. That is a micro lie. That is something that is going to go against your character. If you're a person that that tells white lies, little lies, that says a lot about your character to your partner. So that means they cannot count on you, which means part of you is a child who doesn't do what they say they're going to do. That's your little inner child is out there, dictating how your relationship and your marriage is going to go because it's so defiant. And it, it has to tell you, yeah, I washed the dishes. I did that. Yeah, I did. And you know, you didn't. You didn't. Or if you did, it was half ass. So it's, it's accountability. And that's an important part of what it takes to make a relationship work. Number two is, is you want to set rules for the relationship. You want to have mutual respect and trust, an agreement of things, of how to respect each other. You know, couples get in the ways of interacting with each other and they don't question it. They become very transactional, meaning that they do what they're supposed to do. They go to the kids' games, they go to school, they help the kids do their homework, they do, they make dinner, they clean the house on certain days, they do certain things on the weekends. Yes, all that can be phoned in. What your job in a marriage, if you want to make it work, is about how each other feels How you feel? Well, I feel fine. What's your second choice? I need to know something deeper about you. We need to get to know each other better because we're both in pain and we're both not solving that. And that is the real deal. That's where you meet people at their needs. You meet them at their pain. You know, the other thing is, is, and I'm not talking about sex, but I'm talking about touching, holding hands when you're walking down the street, you know, a, a hug, kiss each other. When you say hello, you know, dance cheek to cheek. Look at each other's eyes, you know, before you go to bed. That's an important thing to do. Why? Because that real estate... That body space, that two foot body space is your real estate and you have to claim it. If you don't claim it, other people will claim it. And so what you need to do is understand that body space belongs to us. And that's your intimacy place. That's where you're saying, hey, you and I belong together. If you don't do that, you just become partners. You don't become lovers and you don't become married. You also want to show appreciation You know, you want to have basically an affair with your partner. You know, you want to make time for them. You want to go on dates with them. You want to do special things for each other. You want to know what their needs are. What's their love language? You know, and and love language could be giving gifts. It could be spending time together, quality time together. It could be sex, intimacy. It could be all kinds of different stuff. But the bottom line is you need to get to know what they need to feel loved. The other thing is, if you want to get off the brink, you have to fight fair, which means you have to be what's called an active listener. Okay, so what you're telling me is this. I get it. I understand. That means you're accountable for what you're hearing. That means you understand what their perception is, where they stand, what they need. You are understanding that. And once you begin to understand that, you start to erode the walls of resentment. Some of the main ingredients and loving and a healthy marriage is shared values dreams and life goals you know sit down and talk about your vision of a future and how do you support each other and it's important ongoing topic long after you walked down the aisle and even had children if that seems impossible to see now or you can't or don't want to have that conversation, you have to understand that you're missing out on the greatest conversation a couple can have, which is possibilities. The possibilities of what we can do in the future, the possibilities of what we could do now. You know, and, and it's also important to understand that you need to take accountability, say, I'm sorry, I know I did that. I know I said that. I know that came across this way. I know that I've been this, that, the other, whatever it is, Eat your crow. Don't make your partner sit there and stare at it. Eat it, take it, understand it. You created it. And that is what you have to understand. When marriage is on the brink, it is often not a surprise. It may have been denied. You may have pushed it away. But it's usually not a surprise. And it's usually some stupid thing that happens that gives them the reason to finally just leave your ass. And guess what? If it happens that way, you've got to look back at the story and understand what you've done to get it to that point. You know, maybe you you think your, your situation is impossible, but, you know, it can get better. You know, the truth is you're in serious trouble and you need to recognize that, you know, you don't know why things have fallen apart. Well, you need to figure out how they fell apart. You know, you wouldn't be there. So it's the process of getting there is more important than where you are today. You know, using guilt about this is what men do. They use guilt about the damage to the family uh, to change your mind or hold financial difficulties over. If she leaves, that's not going to get her back. That's not sexy. You know, begging for another chance, engaging family and friends to team to try to get her to change your mind. That's not a smart thing to do, dragging your family into the problem. That's just going to make them align elsewhere. You know, trying to get their attention, you know, through marriage counseling against their will. That's not a good idea. They have to want that. You know, accusing them of not fighting for the marriage. That's not going to help. Also, emotional tactics like being overly emotional, crying and depression. Not sexy. You should have done that a long time ago. So, this desperation crap has got to w- stop if you want to make it better. And here's the reason why you're acting out of fear, and fear can only produce two things fight and flight. And which one of those is helpful in winning your wife back? Fight? No. Flight? No. So, what's, you know, there's no constructiveness. In addition to that, many of the things that are, are rooted in guilt and shame and control and manipulation that you've been doing. For a long time. And now you're just going to double down on all the crap that she wants to run from. So you have to understand that before you save your marriage. You will never get your wife back unless you're able to see that in reality, you're not having a relationship. You're taking a hostage. And that's not going to work. You know, it's harsh, but it's true. If you're critical of the situation right now, the window of opportunity is going to narrow very fast and close very fast and it's not the time for flowery language and hugs either you know your marriage is bleeding out and we need to stop it so the behaviors exhibiting by going after her and nagging her and crying and talking and you know and guilt guilting her out for what it's going to do to the kids and yourself you did part of this too and you need to own that crap instead of focusing on her you know when she tells you it's over and you fight and resist that she will try more forcefully to communicate the message to you and the more you resist the more aggressively she will try to show it's over. On top of that, the more resistance you're providing with your mind, you're fighting for the marriage, the more you're reminding her of why she wants out because you're such a controlling jerk. You know, don't resist her. Her desire for separation, it will only make things worse. You have to understand why she wants to separate. You have to understand and acknowledge and accept it you know, no longer the feeling to need need to feel impressed upon you that it's over. If she's saying that she's saying that and you need to accept that you are the maker of that perception. You know, the, 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 it's kind of like it, 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 it putting it back together is kind of a bit of a chess game. And it's not a game. It's a serious. But you have to be legitimate. You have to be honest and you have to be realer than you've ever been. You have to get down to the core of who you are to communicate from that. You need to communicate your emotions. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm, not, I'm responsible. I've done this. You need to let those emotions come forward and let them be communicating. Once the fighting stops and the constant move to push the separation slows or stops, the friendliness can come back. And that is the basis to build on. And that's what you want to get to. The friendliness, the friends that we have been, the life that we have spent together, the memories that we have made together have to be cherished and important. But now we need to understand we're making a new chapter that may be better than it's ever been. And sometimes these crash and burns can create the opportunity for the marriage to be what it really could have been in the beginning and what it needs to be now that you're both more mature let's take a break and we'll come right back
2: friend us on facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world voice america empowerment
0: dr gary bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone skype or in person in the seattle area dr bell brings his no nonsense straight from the hip discussions each week on the show but it doesn't stop there learn about motivation and psychology one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856.
2: Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who are widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back, everybody. And, you know. To reconcile a marriage, which is what we're talking about, is men on the brink of divorce. You know, now that you've stopped resisting her and the constant insistence of demanding a divorce has slowed down, you can move out of fear and start to act more productive. You know, to begin to understand the problem that we need to fix, we have to go back to the beginning of your relationship. So here's two things of why she married you. Two reasons. That's it. Here they are. She loved the way you made her feel. And she believed a future with you was better than a future without you. That's it. We need to go to that. And and now what she's seeing is she hates the way you make her feel. And she sees a future without you as better than a future with you. You know, is she responsible for the failure of the marriage? No, you both are, both of you. And you need to own what you contributed to that. But right now, you have to take full responsibility for everything in this case. That means you've got to own it. She's not interested in shared blame. If you try to put it on her, it's 100% done. I'll tell you that now. you got to eat everything. Your, her perception and your truth about yourself. Both of them. If you're not willing to do that, this is not going to work. You know, you have to ask yourself, how do I make my wife feel? What future does she see with me? Those are the things that you need to improve. If you're being honest, you should start to see some of the issues she's experiencing that you can work on right now without her cooperation. And that is the other part of it. She is not required to do what you're required to do. It's not fair. Fair is a place where they judge pigs. You're going to have to step up and be a man and step into your relationship. Don't tell your wife what you're doing. Don't make her promises about the future. Don't expect positive results. That is a huge part of this. You need to change on your own for yourself and for your marriage because it is right. That is how we get back. Your positive changes will most likely be met with hostility, anger, resentment, and indifference because you didn't do that before. And she had to bring it to divorce to get you off your ass and make you actually do something right. And it's sad, but... It's true, true, and the woman has every right to resent you if you've been indifferent, if you've been smug, if you've been self-centered, if you've been transactionally just phoning the relationship in. That is on you, and you need to understand that. That's not her fault, and it's not her fault for being mad at you for now suddenly bringing it forward at the last moment. So you have to preserve that as normal when she is resisting you. If your ego can't take it, your marriage is done. If you want to save your marriage, you need to push through the negativity, the hostility, and the anger. And the reason she's angry is because seeing your changes, she's resentful that this it took this to do it. And that's understandable. Her anger actually is a good sign, because if it's apathy, apathy is the opposite of love. That's where the danger zone is. If she's still angry, there has to be some love in there. So don't expect a pat on the back. If you're you're going to have to man up and not have these validations that you normally would expect from anybody, it's not going to happen. And it's quite possible that you'll remain in that phase of negativity that all your changes are for naught for a long time, depending on how bad your starting point was. If it's from the beginning and it's been a 10-year marriage or a 15 or a 30 or a 20-year marriage and you've been behaving the same ever since, you're probably going to have to own for a while and it's probably not going to be fun. It's going to be negative and judgmental. And you don't mean that. You didn't say that before. You never said that to me. I don't believe that. You just want to keep the marriage going and then you're going to go back to your old stuff. It's that. And you're going to hear it over and over and over. So you've got to be patient and take as long as it takes. And when she's ready to go to the next phase, that's when things even get more complicated. If she sees your changes and you maintain them by yourself with no incentives for her, she likes that. But she doesn't trust it. You know. So that's why you have to say, hey, I need you to have faith in me. I know you don't trust me, but I need you to have faith in me that I want to change and I'm going to get this done. You know, uh, are these changes temporary and a manipulation to change her mind? And then she goes back to the same old crap. That's what she's afraid of. So if you're not making real change, if you're making change for your own self-centered desire to get back to your old self, that is not going to make the marriage work. She's not going to put her, her chances on, on, uh, on you if she sees that you're doing it for her rather than yourself you you know that she's her job right now is about removing all hope from you just when you think things are great she's going to drop a ton of bricks on you out of nowhere she might reinforce it's over she might serve you legal papers yes That's what I'm saying. In this phase, after you've done all the right things, she still might do this. She might demand ridiculous settlements, weaponize child custody, weaponize the children, tell you she wants to see other people, see other people, tell you it's too late, and a whole lot of other things. Nothing's off limits for a woman in that phase when they're debating They're seeing what you could have been and now what you what you were. And they're comparing the two and they're going, these are way far apart. So, yeah, you're going to have a waiting game here. You're going to have to be patient and you're going to have to do it to make yourself a better man. That's it. And a better father and a better husband. You know, expect it. Prepare for it. It, It's going to come. This is how it is when it's the end when it's going towards the end she's going to double down and start reinforcing it's over after you've done all the good stuff know that in your mind remember that don't get excited you know it's you're not you're not out of the woods but it's not over yet you know if you remain strong and you've been patient and you follow a path of non-resistance you've endured endless tests You've gone through every gauntlet. and You've shown the patience of saints in the face of outrageous demands. Now she might be willing to consider the possibility that your changes are real, permanent, acceptable for her to stay. You know, notice I'm saying consider and possibility. Those are very important words to understand because free will dictates that she still may leave you. You know, you're not in the winner's circle. You're just beginning the process of healing. And this is the first time, the entire process, that she's starting to question herself and her decision to to leave. Maybe. You know, now what you're doing might start to work. Probably months for the first time, she's starting to see that maybe you could be the man she wants and needs and not the man she's been married to. So that's where No Shortcuts Can take place only wise decisions. This is when you want to seek counseling. This is when you seek people outside yourself so that you can understand what a turd you've been. You know, we need to get down deep as a man inside ourselves and understand that we are accountable for everything that we do. And she is accountable also, but it's not time for you to push those buttons. And hopefully you won't be pushing those buttons in the future. You know, if you want it to work, you got to eat the whole pie. You know, she's likely experienced life outside the marriage and realized that the grass is or isn't greener on the other side of the fence as she thought it might be. Or maybe she's screwing somebody and in the honeymoon phase. Now that's going to make things 10 times worse. And so you got to understand that can be a possibility and that's something you've got to you've got to grab onto and understand that you may have to face the fact that she's gone to the other fa- the other side of the fence and she's actually experiencing the other side of the fence what you have to hope is what she's seeing on the other side of the fence is not as good as what you're now offering her she's also you know she's actually may see that your grass is greener and more stable and that there's a lot of guys out there in this world like you that have been turds in marriages, that have taken women for granted, that have problems, have habits, have have things that, that, you know, alcohol and and drugs and all kinds of other problems. You got to end the things that are going to make your relationship toxic. You know, you don't want to resist her. You want to follow the path of non-resistance. If you resist her out of fear, you stop her from experiencing the very things she needs to experience to consider coming back. Simply seeing that life outside of marriage is not going to be as great as she thought it would be is not enough by itself for her to come back and consider a change. But when we pair that with a new you that is supportive, can meet her needs, has removed all the toxic habits that she hated in the first place, coming back becomes a real option for her for the first time in a very long time. And that is where hope is. You know, and I want to emphasize that the importance of not rushing, skipping steps, these things are important. You have to go through phases of healing. Your sole role throughout the first uh, part of this is to work on yourself, not the marriage, and certainly not her. It's not pointing at her all the time. It's me being a better man, me being a better husband, me being a better father. You know, open up to counseling. Yes, yes that's what you want to do. Let's put the divorce on hold. Let's hopefully if things are working better and she's starting to hear you and she's starting to respond to you, you know, let let's let's see where it goes. Let's not do the divorce. You know, I'm happy for you to come back you know, we can take it slow. You know, you've got to agree to her terms. And the last few, you know, the, the, if the last few months have been great, let's see where it goes. Or if we're going to save the marriage, you know, I'm happy to be intimate. But this doesn't mean we're back together. You know, that could happen also. You know, you, but you have to keep in mind that you're you're on very thin ice. And you can return to any of the previous streps, uh, steps at a drop of the hat by being selfish and discerning. And 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 not giving of yourself, you know, if she feels you're getting complacent, you may go back to the step where she's ready to divorce you and where, where she's saying, ah, it's not enough. I'm, you know, you're doing all these changes, but I, I don't think you can keep it. So you need to stay on your A game if you really, really want it to work. You know, it, it's uh, actually John Gottman, Dr. Gottman, he called it the four horsemen of the apocalypse you know, and these are indicators that that may predict the end of the relationship, you know, and that's criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling, and those are all passive aggressive coping mechanisms, which have nothing to do with living, and we have to really understand that, you know, if there is no communication... If there's infidelity, lack of intimacy, stress related to finances, religious differences, incompatibility, constant fights, any one of those are toxic. You've got to keep the work in your marriage. You can't take it for granted if you want it to work. Once again, infidelity, no communication. Lack of intimacy, stress related to finances, religious differences, incompatibility, constant fights. Those are going to be toxic situations that push you both apart. And no, they are not sexy. And no, intimacy is not going to be in the picture when you're jumping around on those topics. You know, you got to put in the work. You got to save your marriage by trying to do some things. How about being kind? How about being an, uh, an active listener? How about becoming gentle? How about becoming self-aware? Oh, I must be coming across like this. Or yeah, I'm in a bad mood. I think I'm doing this. Oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that, that I'm affecting you that way. I, I need to, you know, take a break if you need to, but come back. Don't just take a break and disappear. Come back and face the problems. You know, procrastinating, uh, procrastinating, addressing things, this is not the time to do that a lot of pent-up emotions this is not the time to have pent-up emotions this is the time as an adult to communicate your emotions so instead of anger and resentment you know i'm frustrated you know i'm having difficulty with this i feel disrespected i feel abandoned I i feel sad i feel lonely why can't you say those things why can't you express your real emotions does it have to be some broadway production or can you just state them wouldn't that be nice That'd be a great thing if we did that, because that helps her understand how to gauge you. You know, if you want to save your marriage, number one, don't wait. It's important to start right away if you feel that there are issues in your marriage. You don't want to wait until there's so much bothering you about the relationship that managing everything becomes too important. Procrastinating, addressing things as they come up leads to a lot of pent-up emotions, which can be overwhelming for everyone involved. Now here, I'm going to come at this from a Christian perspective, all right? When you get married, that's a covenant before God. That's why the woman's wearing a white dress with a veil. She's making the covenant just like God did for Abraham, going up the aisle, sacrificing her past for man. Okay, that is God's covenant to man. That's his blessing on the marriage. If Abraham would have seen Uh, her wearing, or God's face, that's why she wears a veil sometimes, is because that would have made him die. So, we have to understand that covenant is there, and then the covenant is your vows to each other. Yes, you actually have to do those things that you make vows about. That's important. But here's the other thing. You can always tell where you stand with God by where you stand with your marital partner. That's why it's a covenant. It's to teach you how to love God you damaging your partner means you're damaging your relationship to God. How you treat your children is how you believe that God loves you. So you need to get it straight that your marriage is your accountability factor in your faith and in your life. If you don't get that, you don't understand marriage. You have to operate on the covenant. The contract is the worst contract you'll ever sign in your life, and courts love to embellish that. Also, you have to identify issues. When you identify an issue, it's important to be able to talk about it. Come up with the goals of how to mitigate the concern. Sometimes an issue for one person isn't an issue for the other. But you have to understand that when you're having conflict in marriage, you're trying to make the relationship better. Now, is it making it better for me or is it making it better for us? That's the problem, your motive it needs to be better for us do what is right for us not what is right for you not what's right for me what's right for us that teaches you how to do what's right for god that's why the marital covenant is so important that is what it's to teach you and you need to understand that i have to think for my partner not just myself i have to embrace their perception of truth as much as i do my own truth not try to be right That is a narcissistic tendency, and that destroys marriage. There's also a commitment to changing. Change is life. If you embrace change, you understand what it is to evolve and to grow. That is how wisdom happens. Wisdom happens through experiential learning. That means I dive in, take a leap of faith, And then I try and I keep going and I keep going and I keep committed and I keep strong and I learn and it may fail, but it doesn't matter because it's going to teach me something and it's going to become a testimony to help other people. We need to take marriage as that, that we have to constantly vest in the experience of being married. We have to ebb and flow with each other. We also need to take initiative. If you're feeling like, Uh, you want to address something, don't wait for your partner to bring it up. You're just as accountable for the success of the marriage as your partner. So ensuring you're speaking up, hey, we're getting a little dry here. Maybe we should go to counseling. You know, maybe our communication isn't so hot. We don't seem to talk about much anymore. We don't seem to know each other. We don't seem to care about each other's pain anymore. Maybe we need to get there because pain is where we all connect. That's the universal language of every human being. If you can tap into each other's pain and have compassion for that pain, you're doing what Jesus did for the man. And that is what we all crave. We need to have compassion compassion for pain if people can do that they can do marriage all right we're going to take another break we're going to come right back change your world change your life voice america
0: dr gary bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone skype or in person in the seattle area Stuck in a
2: state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right-step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest,
1: Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about men on the brink of divorce. You know, when you love someone and you're committed to making your relationship work, you got to use kindness when approaching and discussing conflict. You have to learn how to fight fair, because if you're going to fight aggressively, you're going to fight from fight or flight and stupid things come out of your mouth. And that is just not the way to be. You need to be safe in all conflict at all time. With your life, with your family, with your friends, with everyone, but especially your spouse. You know, for example, here's some communication that that is probably, uh, you probably commonly understand. You know, why can't you empty the sink? Is it because you think you have a maid? Are you lazy? You know, I'm sick of this. Okay, that's typical. Or... You could go at it from a different perspective. You know, can you please wash the dishes? I really appreciate all the work you do around the house. I really appreciate you being thankful, being helpful. That's a positive. That's how that's gentle. That's kind. That's how we can help each other out. You know, why is it so hard for us to be gentle when we do it with other people, but we don't do it with our kids and our partner? You know, if a friend or a person that admired you walks into your new car and spills the Gatorade all over your seat, although it makes you upset, you will likely be gentle and say something. It's okay, we can clean it. It's all right. You won't do what you would do with your spouse and your children. And so we need to be very cautious and careful because big men get big when they're angry. Men get big when they're in conflict. They're like grizzly bears. And you need to stop that because you're gonna scare the crap out of everybody, especially if you're a loud mouth you know, you also have to work on communication. It's the foundation of success in the relationship. It is the core. You have to learn how to talk to each other. Gottman talks about using the thing. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I understand what you're saying. You know, he's he talks about that validation, and that is a very important part of marriage, is understanding each other's perspective and making it more important to understand that than what you have to barf out of your mouth because if you truly understand it the listener is in charge of the conversation if you want to change someone's mind have better questions don't tell them what to do that's what men have a hard time doing they want to be analytical and solve every problem if you have a partner and you're telling them what they should do when they're telling you how they feel you are screwing up your marriage totally you need to validate what they're feeling, and shut up. Don't try to fix it. Validate, validate, validate. If they ask you what to do, then you tell them. Otherwise, keep your mouth shut and validate feelings. That's what a woman needs. Men have a really hard time getting that. You know, if it it feels like your spouse is an expert at pointing out everything you do wrong, that's because you're not cherishing her. She's not the center of your life. Your golf is the center. Your best friend's the center of your life. Your activities, your work, whatever. All of the things you use to avoid her are going to be points of nagging to remind you that she is supposed to be the center of your life on this earth. And you owe that to her. So as a man, if you want to heal a marriage on the brink, you've got to learn how to cherish. Once again, can't be the man I am without her. I don't even know why she's with me. I'm, I'm lucky to have her. She's my best friend. It's that way when I'm with her. It's that way when I'm not with her. It needs to be that 24 by 7 in your mind. If you cannot do that, you're going to have a nagging wife and you're probably going to die young. You also know when to take a break. Once you become aware of your feelings, learn how to take a break. Take a break if it's not constructive. I need a timeout. One minute for every year of your life and come back and reconstruct yourself as an adult. Here's how we present conflict. This is what happened, this is what it put me through, and this is how I feel. Okay, I understand now this is how you address it. I understand that's how you feel. I get what it put you through, I'm really sorry. And I know what you're talking about, that that was a bad situation. So we have to address all of the accountability for the feelings, how how we took them in and what happened. We have to take accountability for that. We also have to listen with empathy, you know. If you want to understand what someone's truly saying, you've got to be empathetic about it and feed it back to them as as to how you're hearing it. Rather than self-criticisms of you, you need to understand, so you think I'm this, I get that. You think, okay, I understand. I can see how you see me that way. The other thing is to understand that when people start using big words like you're a jerk or you're this or you're that and much worse than that, when they start using big words, that's an indicator, especially if it's coming towards you, that you're not listening. That means you need to either take a time out or you need to come back and try to be the good listener with the good questions and stay there. Don't try to solve everything and don't try to correct every perception because you don't own the truth. You both own the truth, and you have to get that. You're not the owner of truth in this world. You're not the owner of truth in this marriage. Your perceptions are the truth. That is all you have. You also have to stay away from criticizing. You know, if you want things to work, you got to get. A, you got to be positive. No one likes to feel attacked. Good intentions easily lead to bad outcomes. You know, after uh, after being in therapy, many couples say how wonderful it is to feel heard and validated. Maybe for the first time you actually feel like someone cares about your feelings in this marriage that can reinvigorate a relationship. You also have to give each other space, you know, giving your spouse space to cool down during an argument is important. It's slightly different from knowing when to take a break but it focuses respectfully on the partner's wishes to get back to their adult self. We don't want to continue to let our inner child run our marriage, never a good thing. Spending time together, that's huge because you gotta re get to know each other. That means we gotta start doing things together. You also have to show physical affection. The action of love is much greater than the words of love, 10 times greater. Physical affection is just as important as em- emotional intimacy. To thrive, we need both. Showing affection like a handhold or a warm embrace, a kiss on the forehead, a touch on the back. It doesn't have to have a sexual agenda. It's just an I love you. Can you do that? Can you break down your ego enough to do that? You know, the other thing is you have to resist, revisit your vows. If you're married, revisit the vows that you took. That's a tough way To understand what you are in for respect is listening and that's usually a part of the vows if you can't respect each other that means you're not listening that means you have no voice when people have no voice they are angry they are resentful they are in rage all the time because they have no voice you take a woman's voice away she will scorn you it will come back on you you need to be gentle and be a good listener. Maybe you're not that way to the world, but you gotta be that way to her if you want her back. The other thing is showing appreciation, talking to her about how grateful you are for her and for all the things that she's done to help you and to make your life better. That is imperative for us to understand that we owe that to our partner. We owe it to them to actually be there, listen to them, care for them, spend time together, And also seeking uh, couples counseling gives you a third party, which is a wonderful thing. A lot of couples, when they come to counseling, they actually hurt each other for the first time. They may have said the same things to each other over and over and over and over again. But what often happens is having a third party validate them and hearing what they're saying and taking in their concerns from a different perspective gives them an understanding of how they need to be with their partner. Now, is that always going to happen immediately? No, but now we have a model for how to be a good listener how 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 to hear our partner to understand what they're saying and to validate what they're saying from a third party. But the other thing is in counseling, if you're sitting there trying to be right and trying to tell what your partner has done wrong, that's not going to help. Especially for going towards a woman, men, you need to eat the crow all day long every day. Yeah, I see. I did that. Yes, I I got drunk. Yes, I said those things. Yes. I've been verbally abusive. Yes, I've done this thing. I've done this heinous thing. I am responsible for that. And I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm accountable to God for doing that. And I need to amend that with God. And I need to amend that in my marriage. I need to own every piece of what has happened. And many men don't get that idea. They don't understand that accountability is the huge factor but also having a vision of what your future can look like, what we can start doing together, how we can be together. Also, talking in terms about what makes each other intimate and interested in each other. Intimacy is huge. It is not sex. Intimacy is the desire to be together physically. And we need to have much more of that. People that cultivate that sexual relationship begin by entering the body space and revisiting it over and over and over again. That is an important thing because that sends a cue that I love you. Every time you do that, it's an I love you. And it's so important that we don't forget that. And it's so important that we don't start weighing into our life and all the things that we're doing in our life and forgetting that our marriage is sitting there starving to death. You know, if you're a man and you've allowed this relationship to go down all the wrong paths and you've done a lot of selfish, stupid things, you need to eat the crow and then you need to accept the fact that she doesn't believe you. And you need to know that you're going to have to go through all that over and over and over again for a long time because she believes you're just trying to manipulate her. You need to get that. You need to understand it and you're not going to change that perception except for you just keep chugging, chugging down the same track and doing the same consistent good behaviors until you finally own the fact that this is how you have to live. You might actually discover the deeper, better part of yourself, the calmer, the gentler, the wiser part of you. You might discover the fact that your integrity dictates how magnetic your life will be when you're old. If you wanna sit in their nursing home for the rest of your life with nobody showing up, destroy everything that your integrity has anything to do with. Destroy every commitment you have ever had, and you will destroy your ability to have a magnetic personality, a magnetic person, something to give others, something to teach others. It is so important that you hold on to that integrity if you want to live a long, full, and rich life. And that, my friends, is reflective of how you treat your marriage. Your integrity is on the line in your marriage, your personal integrity with your children, with your family, with your spouse, with God, all of it, your friends, all of it, all of your integrity is at stake there. You need to give everything you have as a man if you want to make it work. You have to build trust. And that comes from your actions and your words. And you need to become grateful, grateful for your partner, even when they're heinously nasty and negative to you. You continue to tell them what they're great, what you're grateful for so that you are a safe harbor. And that is what we all owe each other in marriage We go out to sea, we go to third world harbors, we go to dangerous places, we have dangerous people in our life, we have people that are in our life not by choice that dictate things in our life if you have a boss or an employer or whatever. But what we really, 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 really have to understand is wherever you are with your spouse needs to be the safe harbor that you come home to. That is where you refuel, that is where you laugh, that is where you cry that is where you share that is where you love that is where you trust and you need to keep that harbor strong not a third world country many people don't do that kind of work which is all about feelings how we feel is why you're together it's why you have children that's what marriage is for feelings that's your soul your soul remember that thank you for listening i love hearing from you you could do that At our webpage, voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, and the Health and Wellness Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, it's not a lack of love, but a lack of friendship that makes marriages unhealthy. And and maybe it won't work out, but fully commit and change you, and you might find that your marriage changes. Also, maybe, you know, it, it takes two. To make a marriage happy and a great marriage is a blind wife and a deaf husband also in marriage you 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 get to annoy the same person the rest of your life but hopefully that's through through humor and understanding each other because you love each other and you give each other grace thanks for listening everybody
0: that's our show for this week